All right. Uh, that was, you know, who the Doobie Brothers and guess what they were doing? Yeah, they were taking him to the streets. All right. Give me one second here. I've got to uh, get rid of the next track that automatically loads on uh, YouTube. What's happening, everybody? Yeah, we're a little late today. I've had some, uh, I wouldn't say I had computer issues per se, but I'll say I've had computer issues just for the, uh, for the sake of my 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 teacher's note that uh, that I'm late. Robert had computer issues this morning. Oh, okay. Your your tardiness is excused. Theoretically, how is everybody? Michael McDonald, the Aquarian, taking it to the streets. Oh yeah. Kind of what's in the air right now, although it's not the uh, time of year. Uh, winter is not always the best time to take it to the streets, but there is mounting unrest um, in the world. <clears throat> and um, especially China, we got uh, Brazil still on the edge, on the precipice of a civil war. Apparently, Bolsonaro still has the army. Uh, on his side, there's court rulings hanging in the air. Uh, I mean, come on now. Can anybody get a fucking, like, reasonable, respectable election anymore? No, I don't think so. What was once merely a tool of the uh, communists, the socialists, and the Maoists has become a global virus that's infected every every political system. It's just the way it is now. Voting has become obsolete as we head into uh, the technocracy at the uh, at the speed of life. Speaking of rebellion, look who's on the couch today. Yes, there he is. Yeah, you gingers are rebellious, aren't you? You're a rebellious sort. He's not rebellious. He was on the couch before I even started the show. Yeah, you were here. You were ready to go. You were warming up. Yeah, you warmed up by laying down for about 10 minutes and then had to move them. Uh, how is everybody today? <clears throat> if you're listening on the uh, podcast side of things, welcome to the show. It's another edition of 15 Minutes of Flame. And, you know, we kind of get in here and we sort things out. We play a few pieces and clips of video and we try to make heads and tails of the crazy fucked up weird world that we are currently uh residing in and uh, it is a, a rapidly moving current behind me i've got the uh, dial h for hero background today one of my favorite comics um from when i was a kid so what are we going to cover today well we're going to look at more of the China stuff as Apple gets involved. Fucking Apple, man. It's like, uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them with the whole China crisis thing. Um, looks like uh, Pelosi wants to run through 3.6 trillion more dollars before she hot foots it out of uh, DC. Her parting gift to the American people, more massive debt, uh, let's see, 
what else do we have at the top of the news headlines? Zelensky says it's going to take a trillion dollars to rebuild Ukraine. Another grift. Um, and then you know, then you have the ongoing drama in the Trump camp as well. As revelations have emerged that essentially Milo Yiannopoulos is using Kanye West to get back at Trump. He's on Milo Yiannopoulos is on some kind of vengeance mission. And there's all this brutal infighting going on in that world between Milo and uh, Laura Loomer. And, and it's just, you know, it's the alt-right soap opera. Yeah, I, look, I do think that Trump needs to be held accountable. And, you know, Kanye might be being manipulated, and he 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 clearly is a wild card. But Milo is... calculating like i don't think kanye's kanye is evil i think milo's got a bit of an evil streak to him and then nick fuentes who the fuck knows about nick fuentes he's 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 living in his mother's condo in chicago i know a guy who lives not far from him he told me that he sees him around and that's where he is now he may have made a ton of money off his super chats when he was uh doing youtube because he he made somebody calculate Johnny told me this that he calculated uh, somebody calculated that uh, that Nick Fuentes was just raking in huge amounts of money on the super chat side of things kind of like Tim Pool and how Tim Pool has made a shit ton of money off of YouTube. By the way, Emily sent me a video of Tim Pool's sister. I'm not going to play it for you because it's kind of a long video. But the bottom line is, is that uh, Tim Poole's sister lives in the aforementioned state of Illinois, and she was having a, a difficult time financially. Uh, and she asked Tim Poole for some money. She asked him for $3,000 so she could get into a place, um, have first, last, you know, you know the story, right? She's got kids. And Tim Pool said, I am not going to give you money so that you can support a slave state, meaning Illinois. But if you want to, you can come out to West Virginia and you can manage my house and I'll, I'll pay you $48,000 a year. She didn't have a choice. It was either the shelter or Tim Pool's place. So she went to the compound. She said she was there for four months. And during the course of that time, she discovered that her brother had turned into a tyrant, an absolute tyrant. And the, the title of the video is, um, I want the real Tim Pool, my brother, back. So Tim has gone off the rails. I think we all kind of know that. And what was interesting about the um, the episode with Kanye was that that was Tim Cast episode number six hundred and sixty five. So Kanye missed the all important six 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 show by by one one day. 
one episode. So that honor goes to Michael Malice. And he's the uh, 666th. I wouldn't say guest because some of those shows were guest-free. It was just like Tim and Adam, right? Um, but let's just say he was the guest for the 666th show. So Tim Pool hitting a uh, hitting a very important mark yesterday. The mark of the beast. Anyway, let's talk a little true hemp science and some of the wonderful things that it can do for you, which it has done for me. I had some moon dust this morning. I haven't quite added it to the Einstein fuel yet. That's a that's an RR kind of thing. But I might. I might get the uh, Einstein fuel. No, it was just my power coffee, my typical power coffee. And it was damn good, I got to tell you. In fact, it's still around here somewhere. So the computer thing, here's what happened. Then I'm going to get into true science. By the way, thanks for being here and thanks for being patient. I decided last night that I was going to change the battery in the computer that I'm on. And I got all the way down to two screws where the heads are stripped. And I struggled with it pretty much most of the uh, time between, what, 11 p.m. and 12, 12, right? I was in there trying to unscrew these uh, little tiny fucking screws that have been stripped. So it's like, okay, well, I'll use my other computer to do the show. But the other computer still hasn't been completely set up yet. Like so access to box cast was tricky. So literally I didn't even put the screws back on this computer. I just stuck the bottom on it and then brought it downstairs. And here we are, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Today is a Mars retrograde moment where I have to figure out how to deal with those tiny little fucking screws. Now I know you can try to put a rubber band in there, and, and you know, get some traction in the in the uh, part that has become sort of unthreaded. It's not the unthreaded parts; it's the, it's the head, right? Where you just can't get any any traction. Anyway, I tried that, and um, I think the next the problem is that these screws are just so small in in the bottom of the computer it's not it's not the it's not the actual outside it's the part that the battery hooks into so i think i'm going to have to get a really small drill head and reverse drill them out which you can do and try to find some other screws um in the meantime continue to get the other computer set up but let's talk about the power coffee the power coffee today was powered by true hemp science and the moon dust with some collagen some mct oil uh, let's see some stevia. What else? Butter, right? That's the morning elixir for me. A little cinnamon. Sometimes I'll go maca, but uh, the star of the coffee for me is the moon dust. And where do you get it? You get it from True CBD, uh, TrueHempScience.com, where Mother Earth is our CEO. What a great thought. 
So if you're listening on the podcast side of things and you don't have the visual, it's a wonderful zoom in on the verdant expanses of some emerald forest. It's actually a jungle uh, that is just, you know, got those beautiful waterfalls cascading down into the center of the screen. I mean, you could just take your CBD and stare at this damn thing all day. But life is an act of productivity and we are creative beings. So you may zone out for a little while, but we're Americans and we get shit done. If you spend $100 or more, you will get free product thrown in. This is uh, this is the deal. And if you spend $150 or more, you get free shipping. So if you are on the podcast side of things, go to truehemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23, truehemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. And uh, when you check out, hit that one five M-I-N-S in your checkout box. And Chris knows where you're coming from and you get the free shit. Everybody likes free shit, especially when it's bonus free shit. You know, free shit is good, but do we ever really appreciate free shit? Not always. But if you if you pay a little extra or you do a little extra and then the free shit comes in on top of it, well, geez. Now now you're now you're really appreciating it because you've actually contributed something to that benefit, that bonus. All right. Speaking of a benefit and a bonus. You know where I got to go? I got to go to the best chat group on the internet. This is our little kind of private clubhouse over here on 15 minutes, which I absolutely love. All right. Who do we have here in the house? Let's see. We got Wendy. What's going on? Wendy says the beautiful one. She's here. There's Sony. Hello, Sony. We got Rocky in the house. Cremo. What's going on? What is it? Cremuse. Cremuse. Cremu. The wonderful Christina Muse. Actually, it's Moe's, but uh, Jeanette Moorhead. What's going on, Jeanette? Favorite part of the morning? Well, it's my favorite part of the morning, too. Hucklebuck411 is here. The classy one, Sony. Uh, there's Fantastic, CC Jones. Giving a group hug in there. There's my man, Ryan, the International Woodworker, the International Introverted Woodworkers Union of the World Unites. And that's under one man himself, and that's Ryan. Uh, speaking of unions, I was texting our, our friend Benito last night, a.k.a. Shadow, who many of you know used to work for uh, the railroads. He was a 10-year employee at the railroads. And we were going back and forth about the the strike. I may talk a little bit about that because that's another pitchfork and torch moment. You've got these, these guys, they just keep going into these cooling off periods. They keep kicking the can down the road. And uh, the, the rumor has it that Congress is going to step in and um, they're going to force, I guess there's some kind of a, a clause. They're going to force the unions to comply because they can't have the country shut down. Now, let, let's just go over this really quickly. I'll get back into chat, Tari, for a second, in a minute. If you're, 
if you work for the railroads, you get no sick days, no sick days whatsoever. Everybody else gets sick days, unless you're working at McDonald's. Um, but these people work their ass off. They get no sick days. And when they went through the whole COVID theater, um, they had to furlough people. They, they had to get rid of some positions. And just like almost every other business, corporations used COVID to basically um, like top off their workforce, right? Like they're like this, this was their opportunity to quote unquote, get rid of dead wood or their opportunity to thin the ranks. And then the people that were left over are doing two to three times the work that they were doing before. And of course the, uh, the railroads have basically put their, their data out and their hiring has not increased. So they haven't replaced the people that they either furloughed or I guess the word is abolished their position. And that's adding a whole nother layer of stress to the guys working on these railroads because they're, they're doing the job of two and sometimes three people. So their unions are, they're pissed and they're, and I, I get it. Right. Like I totally get it. And that's hard work. And a lot of times it's dangerous work. You know, this, this, it's not sitting around in Twitter and, um, you know, coming up with code and algorithms to fight the, the, you know, the free speech Nazis. I mean, these are, these are hardworking people, men and women. And um, they're just, they're getting a raw deal. And now Congress is going to potentially shove a deal down their throats, whether they like it or not. And that's going to be absolutely terrible for morale. And this gets into a whole bigger picture of where everything is going. And Benito and I talked about this last night. Because really, pardon the pun, is that they're laying the tracks for automation. And this is where everything is going. Like, they don't really care about the American worker anymore. And I'm just going to use the term American worker, but it'll spread everywhere. But they don't really care. It's because they know that their days are numbered. That they're going to employ radical automation to essentially eliminate two-thirds of their workforce. That's where all this is going. And I was talking with Benito, and he said that he actually worked on one of the programs where they're instituting, or be, they, it's a, I forget the name of it, but it's it's the um, the ushering in of automation for the railroads, and basically you have one person on the train, and then it eliminates a lot of the ground crew. So, you know, this was part of the the uh, the Belt and Road wet dream. You know, just kind of skipping over to China a little bit, and. What that was about was being able to run a train essentially from China all the way through Europe or run a uh, shipping container or a um, uh, a ship filled with shipping containers through various ports. But those all of those things would be connected to um, a different kind of system. The, the, now, originally, it was supposed to be 
Ripple XRP, all the transactions were going to go through that. Everything was going to be digital. You know, everything was coded. So once a train on the Belt and Road system would go from one country to another, I mean, literally all they would have to do is hit the scanning devices for each country as the cargo was coming through. And um, they would all have either Q codes or RFID codes and all be accounted for, right? That's how this thing was going to work. And that was the level of automation that they were going to put in. It was, it wasn't like you have to get somebody and get them off the, uh, the platform and onto the train and go through everything and look at, I mean, cause that's what happens. You, you go through these different countries, you got to go through customs and this whole thing was supposed to be just streamlined and automated and get it right to, you know, the heart of the consumers in Europe. And that's going to, that's going to affect almost every industry. I mean, why do you think Elon Musk is laying off all these people at Twitter? Do you think it's because ideologically they're opposed to his, you know, his red pilling moment or whatever it is. No, it's because he's going to essentially automate as much of Twitter as possible and then wrap Twitter into a network or a system that he's devised so he can run essentially everything through Starlink, right? So think about this for a second. Think about Starlink as being, let's say there was one railway in this country. And you had one person running that railway. And everything had to go through that railway. That's what Starlink has the potential of being. Starlink could completely circumvent the internet. This is, this is what Musk is up to. Musk wants to create a platform that will dominate and become a threat to not just um, Google or Apple, but the entire internet itself. Like that would be Elon Musk's information superhighway. And then you throw in his um, X chat, which would have Twitter and all these other functionality pieces and then you throw in his x phone or whatever they want to call it which he which by the way will probably launch and now you have a whole different um information echo uh, information ecosystem that's what he's working on and so he doesn't need employees that have old skill sets that's part of this too, because the people at Twitter have, believe it or not, you think that they're on the cutting edge, right? And they're writing these codes and the algorithms are going through and they're looking for keywords. And the whole thing is all about like targeting people and managing the flow of content and speech on Twitter. That's for the most part where their skill sets were. What Elon Musk is going to bring into Twitter is something completely different. So these people are dinosaurs. They're archaic. So it's new people, new skills, new technology. And the whole idea is to reroute people out of the internet itself or use Starlink. Well, it's it's not that they won't be different. You'll still be able to get through and onto the internet. 
but you'll be getting on through Elon Musk and it'll be in your, in your X chat on your phone, maybe on your computer, there may be an X chat portal. Now the downside of that is of course, all the biometrics that go along with it. Like it clearly could be, you know, the little, uh, the little app of the beast. Right. I mean, and Elon Musk could, he could, he could, uh, he could, he could fulfill that role through technology. And I said this yesterday, Marjorie, this is, now this is key. Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and said, um, Elon Musk, thank you for allowing me to access the internet through Starlink. Do you think that that was just random? No. So when you look at the railroads, the railroads are a symptom. The strike is a symptom of something much bigger going on. And it is the rise of automation. The layoffs of Twitter, yeah, you know, are they woke assholes and people applauding that? Sure. But again, it has more to do with them not having the technological skill sets that Musk wants them to, or needs them to employ. And they probably wouldn't go along with it anyway. So we're living in very interesting times. And, you know, if you give people more bread and circus or more cool, fun little toys, it may distract them for a bit. It's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Look at us. You know, we're, we're, you know these, are, these are the innovations we've been waiting for, craving for. Well, maybe, maybe. Then you'll have a whole group of people that are going to be dispossessed in the new economy. And what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Just like the the railroad workers. I mean, ultimately, you know, these systems are running into the uh, the path of obsolescence. All right, let's see what else we have here. Susie, what's happening, Susie? Kanye has some mental health issues, uh, I think, but the public is missing the larger points. I will say that as an individualist. I don't go along with collectivist grouping of groupings of people. So you run into um, a challenging argument there. And can you be both? Can you be both? Can you be a particle and can you be a wave? Can you be a zero? Can you be a one? And I follow um, this guy Anomaly, who I really like. Uh, he's he's funny, and I think he's pretty on point. I know I know some of you uh, follow him as well. But one of the things he's brought up, and he's not the only one, right? Like you can talk about, well, you know, we have we have a real problem with uh, black on black crime. So you can talk about blacks as a group, or you can talk about uh, toxic white males as a group, and nobody will bat an eye. Nobody will bat an eye. Oh, those fucking tox toxic racist cracker motherfuckers. Nobody will bat an eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a group. Yeah, good. Let's, you know, let's, let's cut their balls off, right? Or you can go down the same path. You know they'll say, "Well, you know, look at look look at all, look at these blacks. All they live for is 
violence and uh, condiment fights at McDonald's. I mean, people, I mean, the, the, you, you'll talk, if you watch Ben Shapiro, he'll go into that. You can talk about LGBTQ plus AI and you can diss that group, right? Or you can, you can diss, you know, there, the, the, the dissing of groups happens. It happens. People talk about it all the time, except one group. And this is the point that's being made. So either you drop all references to all groups and everybody is just individuals. Like you can't blame Whitey anymore. That's a group. We'll deal with Whitey as an individual. Or you can't blame Blackie anymore. That's a group. You know, deal with them as an individual. So you, everybody's either an individual or we get to chime in on the group influence or the group identity. And let's face it, we are comprised of groups. It's just the way it is. So I'm of the mindset where you can do both. And you, I think you have to be able to do both. I think Kanye is being used by, by Milo. But I, I also think that Kanye has this other weird side of him. And I can't really, this, this is just my sense with him. And I can't wait to get into um, his human design with Darlena on Sunday night because she's really been studying up on it. But there's a, I think there's a part of him that operates, and I know this sounds like kind of woo, but operates in another dimension. Like there's a, there's a part of him that is operating in this weird outside space-time thing. And I can't really quite explain it. But it's it's like he's he's bouncing back and forth between like two worlds, but I'm not even sure he's really all that conscious of it at times. Um, on the surface, he's pretty fucked. I think the IRS teamed up with his various bank accounts and basically froze his money. And then I think yesterday a judge ruled that. He's going to have to pay Kim Kardashian $200,000 a month in alimony. And you, I, I, there's also a part of me that wonders whether or not he's gone through all of this also to get out of paying the alimony. I mean, it, that's fucking ridiculous. If you think about it, Kim Kardashian, who is worth close to a billion dollars, if not more, and that's just her money. That's not like her money and Chloe's money and Courtney's money and Chris's money. I mean, that is, they're, they're like a crime family with, with, and, and then you got the two uh, Jenner girls. I mean, if you added up all their money together, it, it would equal probably the GDP of a small third world country. And it's right there in Calabasas. So for Kanye to have to pay $200,000 a month is ridiculous. And I thought, uh, I thought California was 50, 50, right? Like if she's got that much money and he's got that much money, then well, why should he have to pay all this money? And $200,000 a month is based on what he had, not what he currently has. So Kanye is a, just, a, he's an, he, he, he is, he has become now granted Milo Yiannopoulos 
I think is, I think Milo thinks that he's playing the role of this evil genius. And this is his Trump revenge tour. Cause he came out and said that he basically said, look, we went there and had dinner with him because we wanted to fuck with him because he didn't live up to what he said he was going to do as president. And that as a base, we're pissed. And that gets into this whole, you know, Milo used to call Trump his daddy. And this whole thing with presidential hate and fathers goes back a long way. It really started with Nixon. And it kind of went into Reagan a little bit. Um, and this is what happens. You know, people identify presidents in their Saturnian form as fathers. And so when the father lets them down, when the father, you know, doesn't buy them the swing set or the pony that the father said that they were going to do, uh, the kids are, they're angry, they're pissed off. But in the case of Trump, I think that there, this is just my two cents. I think that there is some legitimacy to the, uh, the claims of the protest. And, you know, the whole Trump thing, again, is it's, it's still for all the, you know, the astrological connections and dots and understanding, the whole Trump thing is still an enigma to me. Because he had the ability to come in and whoop some ass. But he also was clearly, I think, um, I don't think he had the right qualifications for that particular job. If he came in and decided to play the role of a centrist, which I don't think he could ever play because Trump's never been really a centrist. But if he came in and tried to play the role of a centrist, let's say, I don't know, like Bob Dole or somebody like that. Um, he may have been to some degree more effective, but that's just not who he is. It's not how his chart is. He's got Mars on his ascendant and in Leo. And when you have Mars in your ascendant, especially in Leo, and especially at the later degree, you're always going to be in conflict. You're always going to be in conflict. And he's, and that's really what his calling card was. And when he moved even slightly east of New York, the astrocartography put his Mars even closer to the ascendant, right? In New York, it was two degrees off. In Washington, D.C., it was on the button. So even by those two degrees, the intensity of Mars increases. And I just think he was undermanned. Unless, of course, you think that it was all just a big scam and he was there to continue to deepen the polarization. That it was from Obama, which started in on one side and Trump comes in on the other side and he's an accelerant. And, you know, whether that's true or not, clearly that was part of the case. And so now what we're seeing is this unraveling of the Trump legacy and, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that 
he decided that he was going to tell people, well, he told people he was going to run for president in 2024. And then once that happened, it was like, for a lot of people who believed in him coming back and having, you know, these traitors removed from Congress and stuff, which still the Supreme Court's got a rule in this case coming up, the Brunson case. Um, once that happened, I think people were like, well, fuck. You're two years out, and we really held out all this hope for the last two years, and you're basically throwing in the towel and getting ready to rev up your machine again for 2024. I think that that cratered some people, no matter what you think or how you decode that moment, because not everybody is into the decode to that degree. I think that cratered some people. And what you're seeing now is um, the blowback of some of the stuff that went on with Trump and what he did do or what he didn't do. And again, it's not like he had the easiest path. I mean, it's clear, but he had two years. He had two years with a Republican Congress and a Republican Senate. And you know what Obama did when he had a Democratic Senate and a Democratic Congress? He fucking, he fucking ran Obamacare through. That's exactly what happened. Um, why is this not plugged in? Hold on a second. I'm losing power. This is one of the one of the reasons. Hold on. Give me one second. I apologize. I don't want power to run out in the middle of our show. Now do I? Here we go. And I found my phantom cup of coffee too. I was looking around for it. It's like down here. So I can finish the rest of my coffee, albeit slightly cold. Thanks for hanging out here. Um, and, you know, Milo is somebody who I think really. Um, And then they all crave a certain type of chaos and they all crave a certain type of destruction. And, and, and it, it is this really the byproduct of the changing of ages? And because there is this other undercurrent here where these archetypes are moving through our current society. And, you know, we, we, we're on the last legs here, Pluto and Capricorn, boys and girls. And Pluto and Aquarius is coming. And so in order to be in the quote-unquote new age, which is really what Pluto and Aquarius is about for all of its lightness and darkness and, and uh, potential uh, 360 panoptical tyranny, um, the old age has to die. And there is this energy and movement towards archetypes that act in particular ways that are just part of the zeitgeist of the times players who are part of the zeitgeist of the times, even if they are twisted, demented and damaged, they're, they're playing roles, right? All right, let's get into some of the show. Um, thanks for letting me uh, rant there a little bit. 
um, an, an individualist. I just want to finish this thing off because Susie, I really respect and appreciate your intelligence and your position. I think we should be free enough in order to question, to question groups, to question cabals, to question uh, the uh, intentions of certain individuals that form as a group to flex their power. And I don't care who that group is. It could be the Roman Catholic Church. It could be the Jesuits. It could be the Jewish Zionists or, you know, power inside, you know, the, the elite Hollywood, New York, um, Jewish power brokers. It could be the Mormons. It could be the fucking Freemasons. It could be the Rhino Republicans. It could be the LGBTQIA plus Muff. I don't care. We need, we have to be able to talk about it because if we can't talk about it, then that in and of itself is a form of censorship. We wind up self-censoring each other. And I think at the very least, this is what Kanye has brought up, that we have to have this discussion. And we have to have the discussion about all these fucking groups. You know, the UN, NATO, right? The neocons, the Zyohors, the Republicrats. It's like, if we're going to, we have any chance of advancing as a species, we got to have these conversations. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And just summarily shutting people down or freezing their bank accounts or canceling them is not the answer because that in and of itself displays exactly what people are talking about. You're, you're actually demonstrating in real time their complaint. And so other people sit back and go, geez, maybe this motherfucker's right. Look at what's happening to him. Now, I'm not a big John Stewart fan, but John Stewart, who is a Sagittarius, by the way, he's born on William Blake's birthday, a little jealous, but he is a Sagittarius. And to John Stewart's credit, he came out and defended Kyrie. And he said, I don't think, and John Stewart, of course, John Leibovitz, he's Jewish. He, he said, I don't think that this is how you go about doing it. You just don't shut somebody down and put them in a corner and say, you better get over there and think about what you said. He said, what we need to do is we need to be able to talk about these things. Now, he may be just pointing the fact that, well, we'll talk about him and we'll show him how patently wrong he is. But at the very least, he came out and said how they dealt with Kyrie was completely wrong. And I agree with him. Because again, it only furthers this idea that they're demonstrating, you know, their complicity to the narrative in real time. And you just step back and go, oh, look at that. So I appreciate your your uh, your point of view and I and I and I respect your your integrity, your intelligence, and your character. And I do believe that at the very least, we have to have the conversations. We got to have the conversations. We don't have them. We self-censor. We shut down. 
and everybody lives under a cloud of suspicion and guilt and doubt and fear. I mean, think about the best relationships you've ever had. The best relationships you've ever had were the relationships where you could tell the person that you're with anything, anything. And they may not agree with it, right? And they may help you articulate the thing that you're trying to say because maybe you're not saying it in a way where they can actually hear it. But those are the absolute best relationships where you can talk about anything. Everything is on the table. And those relationships are usually the ones that last the longest, that they endure the test of the relationship. They endure the test of two people who are going through life together and, uh, you know, growing and, 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 and you know, hitting, hitting speed bumps along the way. Because if you don't have that, then, then the relationship itself is, it, it, has, it has barriers and blockades where you just, it, just by not being able to, to go there, it's like the thing in the room that is never really addressed. And that's what we're up against now. It's the thing in the room that's never been addressed. And if and if if the people who are being accused of that have a problem with it, then come out and talk about it in a way that is constructive. And and don't just start th throwing down these canards. Right. And it's easy to throw down the canard. It's easy to go ad hominem. If you've got an issue with, uh, you know, you know, trans dance storytelling, you know, hour at the local bar. I mean, you notice how it went from like, you know, trans, uh, trans uh, story time or story hour to taking your kid down to the fucking bar and watching the, the you know, the trannies, you know, strip from not strip or dance for money. I mean, it really it started off. Oh, isn't this cute? But but if you can't talk about it, now you're transphobic. Or if you're a parent and you look at what's going on in the school and you have a teacher who is bragging um, about their sex life with their same-sex partner in school, in class, because it does happen, and you make a big deal of it, now you're, now you're homophobic. Or if you're having to deal with like, um, let's say you're Asian, and it's clear, it's clear that there's an issue with Blacks and Asians, certain Blacks and certain Asians, right? Like, there is a hardcore, you know, inner city Black and Asian crime thing going on. And if, you, if you're if you Asian and you talk about it, well, you're racist, right? Or if you're Black and you notice this and you're like, man, I don't want any part of this thing. Because number one, it's degrading. Number two, it's tainting my relationship, you know, with, you know, quote unquote, my race and my family and my community. I'm going to speak out against it. Well, then you're a self-hating black or you're a Tom or you're a coon. You, and, and it's these ad hominems that come in and they come in at warp speed and it shuts down the conversation. And, and these things exist, right? And they exist for the express purpose of attacking people's character and shutting them up. Even if you're Jewish, right? Like Henry Macau, I'm sure he's been accused of being a self-hating Jew. 
because he's had the temerity to question his own religion and question his own culture. Oh, you're a self-hating Jew. We're not going to listen to you. That shit's got to go, right? It's just, it's just got to go. But people do this defensively for a number of reasons. Number one, they become gatekeepers. What they've done to society is amazing, right? They have turned people into the prison guards of, of their own mental institutions, right? They've turned them into the prison guards. So, you know, whether it's, well, you better get a vaccine. You better get a booster. You better mask up. Don't you care about us? Don't you care about your parents? You're just selfish. Oh, you can't talk about that. You're a self-hating fill-in-the-blank, or you're a racist fill-in-the-blank. Like, they have done an incredible job at socially engineering us to police our own thoughts, police our own behavior, police our own freedoms. They don't have to do a damn thing. They have socially engineered the population to do that. And then when it gets too hot, right, if things are, are bubbling up, then the official agencies come in and they'll, they'll throw down. Well, we're, we're witnessing a rise in hate crimes. We're witnessing a rise in anti-Semitism. You know, every time, nearly every time they have found somebody, they've found an incident where people were, um, were spreading like, you know, hate against a particular group. In this case, let's, let's, let's use uh, uh, the Jewish community. Like they go into a, a cemetery and they start to spray paint this Nazi shit, whatever, right? In a lot of cases, they have found that they're members of that community that did it. I remember a story that was, it's one of those stories, I swear to God, I wish, it's on one of my computers somewhere. And it's one of these stories that the internet has completely buried, sunken. And it was this guy who was living in New York City. I think it was around 2011, 2012, right around there. And he's in the building and they hear this gunshot go off. And the manager or the super, I guess that's what they call him in New York, um, goes to the guy's apartment. And the guy was cleaning one of his guns. And he didn't realize that he had a loaded round in the gun and he shot himself in the leg. And they call the cops and they call an ambulance and they go in and they find this guy, number one, has a really well-stocked arsenal. Number two, he's got all this spray paint and he's got essentially like records of him being a uh, hate graffiti artist, right? Then he claims that he works for the Mossad because the guy obviously is Jewish. Right. So what they did is they found somebody who is an agent provocateur because he shot himself in the stupid fucking leg. It's like, gee, isn't that interesting? You're going to go around the city. You're going to go into Crown Heights 
and you're going to uh, tag these buildings with your uh, with your 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 hate graffiti. He's being paid to do it. There is another instance of uh, these calls coming in to God. Where was it? Someplace in the Midwest. And again, it was you know these these hate speech calls you know calling for you know death the jews it was your typical you know stupid fucking stormtrooper shit turns out that the calls were actually coming from israel and it was this young dude 19 years old he's just an individual making these uh these threats from israel and this happens right we've seen it in these various communities where they set themselves up, it's like, oh, well, look at look at just juicy Smollett. This is what he did with his little. Uh, by the way, he's not served one day in jail. Not one day in jail. He will never set foot in jail, never. Period. End of story. But it's the same deal. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go down the subway and get a sandwich at three in the morning. <laughs> and it's 10 below yeah right everybody does that shit and then he's going to come back home with the noose around his neck and make a police report and the cops show up and he's wearing a noose tie i mean come on come on right jasper have you ever done that have you ever done that have you speared max out on the porch have you tried to pin stuff on him? No, you're not wired that way. This is where we are. This is this is the old age ending. And this shit is going to come out. And especially with, with Mars retrograde. I've been thinking a lot about Mars retrograde in Gemini. Because, you know, we're revisiting some of these themes that um, are prickly and aren't easy to talk about but there's like you know but there's also repercussions with mars retrograde it's been interesting because i you know i pay attention to uh you know how my own chart works and i've noticed that uh, on twitter through mars retrograde i've been getting more pushback and blowback on my tweets from people that are you know kind of outside of you know the comfort zone it's been interesting to watch I should set up a Twitter channel for you. You would be the most popular fucking Twitter channel. If you could see him right now, he is so damn cute. All right. I'm off my soapbox with that. Thanks, Sue, for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Let's take a, a quick look here. Have you guys seen these um, Secret Service cars that melted? This is so fucking weird. Now, the, the, apparently, they're rental vehicles. What is going on here? Is this a false flag? Or was somebody sending a message here so this is the story president joe biden's rented secret service vehicles 
burst into flames in a parking lot Monday, just one day after his Nantucket vacation. Biden spent Thanksgiving on the ritzy Massachusetts Island with his family last week. The Secret Service rented five vehicles from Hertz to carry the president and his family, and all five of them caught fire in the parking lot, according to footage first obtained by Nantucket Current. What is so check? These almost look like do weapons here. I don't think they were electric vehicles. At approximately 5.22 a.m., it's all the front front ends. Um, airport staff observed an active fire in the rental car overflow area through the airport's closed-circuit television system. The airport said in a statement, staff, staff activated the alert system responded to the fire in Airport 3, where they were met by responding units from Nantucket Fire Department and Nantucket Police Department. Look at this shit. And what the hell is going on here? And why do they even rent vehicles? Oh, look at Hunter. What a good dad. What a good dad. The first family. The getaway was the first vacation for the Biden family since they went to another secluded East Coast island in August when the president and uh, First Lady Hunter Biden all flew an Air Force went to Kiawa Island in South Carolina. So what the hell is this about? And it's all the engines. It's not, you know, so did one catch fire and then the rest, I don't this is bizarre. This is absolutely bizarre. This this actually looks like do weapons. Now, are they doing that to freak people out? Send a message? Who knows? But that is some Mars retrograde shit, right? In Gemini, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere with these cars. And why why would they actually like rent the cars? I mean, you would think that they would just have the cars. No, we got to rent cars for the president. If I guess if you're on the uh, conspiracy side of things, that would align with he's not really president because they have to rent the cars, right? You are in, you're in a kind of a funny mood today. You're you're in a very loving but feisty mood. He's feisty right now. You got no teeth. All right. So the temperature in the world is heating up, even though it is getting colder. Apple, of course, has decided that they're going to shut down. Apple's fucking evil. Like it's fucking evil. I'm sorry. I, you know. It really sucks because you only get, for the most part, two phone choices. You either get evil Google and evil Android, or you get evil Apple. Unless, of course, you just go in and get yourself a little Kyocera flip phone, in which case it's not that evil. But Apple uh, shut down people's communication devices, like their phones, obviously, in, uh, in China. 
right? They're not going to let them communicate while they protest. Tim Cook is such a cuck. Steve Jobs, wherever he is, is probably rolling either uh, in his grave or wherever he is. So the rumor has it that Steve Jobs actually had AIDS. It was it was said that he had cancer, but the rumor was he had he had a form of AIDS. Whatever that is, right? So let's do the pitchfork and uh, uh, torches roll call here. You've got people in China rebelling for the first time since Tiananmen Square, pitchforks and torches. Um, you have what's going, Arizona is starting to heat up. Uh, they're still in this weird limbo state with the election. Some counties are not certifying it. Other counties are. Uh, Cary Lake has not given up. And then you have a bunch of pissed off people. And that was one of the threads on uh, Twitter that I got, you know, caught up in a lot of, a lot of froth. You know, and what's interesting, I've noticed the difference between Twitter and Facebook. Like on Facebook, if you were to get, if I, like I used to get into dustups on Facebook and then people would jump in and be like, yeah, yeah, I got your back. I got your back. And I don't know what happens with Twitter, but maybe it's the algorithms, but I never get that on Twitter. I never get the, um, the backup on Twitter. It's weird. It's, it's really weird. It's like, okay, I'm just out here having to deal with these, these idiots. And I try not to deal with them too much because ultimately it's, it's a, it's a waste of time, right? Unless I'm feeling, uh, bitter and sarcastic, in which case I can work some things out. Um, but yeah, now you've got the whole Arizona thing and it's not going away. And the Brazil thing is not going away. And at some point, it's going to reach the boiling point. And we're, we're on a collision course for this. And even to some extent, like what's going on with Kanye and the quote-unquote conversation. Like there are people who are starting to get pissed. And I went on that Breitbart article yesterday where they were pretty much dissing Kanye. And I went into the comment section. It's like, Ooh, these are not people supporting the Breitbart version of the story. Not even close. So it's heating up, right? It's heating up. People are getting, people are getting fed up. And is that the point where, something actually happens because again on that twitter feed that i was on some guy from arizona who was talking about the fairness of the elections and you know blah 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 whatever i said look you live in a state where you have the absolute best gun laws in the country which has been proven you live in a state where there's probably more people with guns 
than anywhere else in the country. Uh, if you don't like it, why don't you do something about it? Because the venue for fighting and correcting the injustice at the ballot box pretty much only leads into one conclusion, right? It's it's very binary at that point. You either just eat, eat the corruption, right? And then say, oh, well, well, you know, next time we'll do better. Next time we'll we'll vote even more. Next time we'll vote harder. Next time we'll make sure that these systems that are in place are regulated, right? That's 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 really the most myopic view. The other view is fuck it, right? We got nothing to lose. We're not there yet, though. As a society, we're not there yet. The Chinese are there. Because their 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 existence has been a living hell with the zero COVID policy, just an absolute living hell. Our our society has been a manageable hell. You know, like you're in hell, but every now and then you get to step out, and it's nice and cool out, and you get to smoke a menthol cigarette, and uh, you get to you know listen to the birds. And then once your cigarette is done, you go back through the door and you're, you're kind of back in hell again. You know, we've, we've got, we've got the, uh, the menthol door that we can pop out of, but that's not the case with the Chinese. So I don't think we're going to have any real, you may have pockets in this country, like Arizona is a pocket and I would definitely keep my eye on Arizona. You have pockets. I think Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, is a, Sagittarius state. I have to go back and look again. But you have these pockets, but I think nationally, like we're not, we're not close. We're not, we're not close because we still have <coughs> relative comfort, plenty of distractions. Um, but those things are getting hollowed out, right? So even when you have some comfort and some distractions, it's not like they're rich and resonant. They're getting hollowed out. So there's not much there. You, you, it's like going through these rituals where there's very little left inside the ritual. But if and when we get to that point where we become like China, that's when ultimately things will get very, very hot. The question is, will we ever get to that point? Or will they just slow walk this thing into oblivion? Because that's another uh, another option, just slow walk it. And that's kind of what they're doing. They're slow walking this thing. Um, but even on the Trump side of things, you know, the people that felt betrayed by Trump, that's a pitchfork and a torch moment as well. Right? They want to want to burn it down. You know, they want to burn it down because, you know, daddy didn't deliver. Daddy, daddy didn't bring the swing set. Daddy didn't get the pony, right? And honestly, to expect these people to do that is folly anyway, because it's just not how it works. Not now. 
not 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 in this version of the system. It just doesn't work that way. All right, Jasper, what do you got? Anything else? There were some other stories that I wanted to get into a little bit here. Let me see if I can find it. that. That oh, you know we didn't cover. Oh yeah, this is a good one. I wanted to bring this up yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I'm sure you have. Non-binary nuclear official charged with stealing woman's $2,300,000 luggage at airport. So this freak, you know who this freak is, right? Former member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, uh, the second in command dealing with nuclear regulatory systems and waste, who dresses up like, uh, like this. Um, puts his husband in a, you know, black dog spandex suit on le on a leash. This guy snatched a suitcase that was reportedly worth $2,000. A Biden administration employee has been accused of stealing a traveler's Vera Bradley suitcase. Now, I'm not familiar with the Vera Bradley brand. Apparently, it's probably worth a lot of money from an airport in September. A Biden administration employee, one of the federal government's first gender non-binary officials, has been accused of stealing travelers' luggage from the Minneapolis airport in September. Sam Brinton, the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spend Fuel and Waste Disposition at the Department's Energy, Department of Energy's Office of Nuclear Energy, was charged with felony theft. Felony theft. That's not a misdemeanor. That's felony theft. Why? Because it happened at an airport. Airports are under federal jurisdiction. Oh, yeah. That's a federal crime. After allegedly snatching a Vera Bradley suitcase reportedly worth 2325 from baggage claim at Minneapolis, the twin cities, right? Well, Twins happen to be binary. One and two. Uh, the Twin Cities. Where are we I was on uh, September 16th. Brenton, who uses they, them pronouns, was captured on surveillance video, grabbing the luggage and removing... It's ID tag identifying the owner. Uh-oh. That wasn't just a case of, oh, I grabbed the wrong bag. No, you grabbed the bag you wanted, and then you removed the tag so that when you exited the airport, if there was any confusion about who the owner of the bag was, well, because there was no identification, 
it's yours. They were later seen using, okay, who's they? Oh, they, that's his pronoun. They were later seen using the Vera Bradley suitcase on at least two occasions while traveling to Washington, D.C. on September 18th and October 9th. This guy makes a fair amount of coin, and he can't buy his own fucking Vera Bradley suitcase. He's a degenerate. I hate stealing. I hate stealing. I I have I have two things in life that I I detest. Thieves and cheap people. Can't stand either. Cuz a cheap person is kind of a thief. Can't stand thieves. One of the worst feelings you could ever have is have your car broken into have something stolen out of your car or something stolen. It just, it sucks. Brennan initially denied stealing the suitcase for police officers. Two, two police officers, but later claimed they took it by mistake and still had it in their possession. The incident occurred at St. Paul Airport. Now watch this guy get a deal with Vera Bradley. He'll he'll get some kind of an endorsement deal. If I had taken the wrong bag, I am happy to return it. But I don't have any clothes for another individual. And what did you do? Did you just dump them out? They weren't your size? Britton first told the officer that that was my clothes when I opened the bag. Oh, really? However, Britton called the officer back two hours after the first conversation, confessed to not being completely honest. Well, at least he's not a complete liar. They said they accidentally grabbed the wrong bag at the luggage carousel due to exhaustion. Yeah, and then you take the tag off. According to court filings, Britton said that when they opened the bag at the hotel, they realized it wasn't theirs, but got nervous that someone would think they stole it and didn't know what to do. Well, if you'd kept the fucking tag on it, you probably could have contacted the person. They said they emptied the luggage and left the person's clothes inside the drawers of a dresser in the hotel room. The official charged with felony theft of a movable property without consent, as first reported by the local Minnesota outlet, Alpha News. Renton, who became one of the government's first non-binary officials, was placed on leave about a month ago, following his accusations. The fuck? Another government official was named as their interim replacement earlier this month, according to the Exchange Monitor, which tracks officials' moves. A spokesperson for the DOE confirmed Britain's leave to Fox Digital. If convicted, Britain could face up to five years in prison and or $10,000 fine. You don't steal shit from an airport, right? That's federal jurisdiction. It's like fucking with mailboxes. Good. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. People ultimately, during this time, they display who they are. This is what happens. And this won't be the last case of it. Good riddance. Good riddance. Go, go, go back. 
go back to the order of Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Christopher Knowles has uh, an interesting take on that from an astrotheological perspective. And he's talking about uh, the Twin Cities and, and the, uh, the two dogs. Like, I'll see if I can show you the picture here. So this guy is in charge, second in charge of nuclear waste. Yes, I'm over 18. Come on, let me in. Let's see. Here we go. Here's your guy. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's his husband. Putting the dog, putting on the dog, the American conservative. When you see this, I guess we're on Twitter now, it's a clear sign that the country is headed for a fall. Bottoms up. One down. It's a clear sign we're headed for a fall. It may not be the worst thing. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, I think we're good. We're good for today. Thanks for being here. I know I've been your ray of sunshine this morning. But listen, I do believe that ultimately we're going to be okay. And it may sound naive, but I have my, my undying reasons as to why we're going to be okay. Now, the path to get from not so okay to okay, it's going to be fucking bumpy. Even if we're even if we're in a slow walk, it's still going to be bumpy. And we still have to deal with the specter of the next round of the zombie virus or the zombie bug or whatever it is that they're going to bust out here. I went over that on my Sunday night show in case you missed it. In terms of timing all right um thanks for being here thank you for your support i truly appreciate it we're gonna have the crimmies on this friday looking to get back into nice communication with them and uh going over some of this supreme court stuff and uh i guess they've been doing their legwork around that 
So something to look forward to. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to step in what's possible. Um, later on tonight, I'll be hanging out on Discord with our Discord channel. So if you're a member, um, I'll be on there. I'll just be posting some stuff, maybe answering some questions. Um, I won't be doing a live chat, but I'll be hanging out on Discord. And, uh, you know, maybe we could do like a text chat or something. That'll be later tonight, probably around nine-ish central time. So there'll be seven for you East uh, West Coasters and for you East Coasters about 10 o'clock. Some of you are night owls. So anyway, uh, I'll be spending some time on Discord. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to set what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Don't forget to support our sponsor, True Hem Science. Take good care. And of course, bye for now. <laughs>